Good morning, everybody. Today we'll be learning Bezrat Hashem, Dav Tzadik Vav in Maseches Erevin. I was just telling the fellows over here, we're going to start on Tzadik Hey Amun Bez. We're going to go back to some to the middle of the page, the two dots, Zalman Dov, because when I ended up listening to Simon Wolf and Ari Leibowitz and the great Dafyomi Masters, um, they all got up to the bottom of Taivav, Ahmed Aleph. So that's going to be uh, our goal. We're going to leave you a little homework, Andrew, of Ahmed Bey's for Shabbos. I, I apologize. If you want, we'll do it together after. But uh, because the Mishnah had discussed, just to catch us up, uh, that which we had mentioned yesterday, which was that this last parak of Maseches Erevin is a Hotzah topic. It really ta- talks, it goes back to Shabbos. And so this really, the Mepharshim explains, as it turns out, um, that Shabbos and Erevin, which has really been quite the journey for us, right? This, this cycle especially, right? Are really two Masechtas of Shabbos. They're connected, very much connected. Where Masechus Shabbos, when we, uh, having learned it, Baruch Hashem, we saw so much more of it was about the Halacha of Hotzah. It begins with the Malacha of Hotzah and continues Predominantly, so much of it is devoted to that topic of Hotzah. And then Erevin is really the more contemporary application of the Malacha of Hotzah as we deal with today. And so as we are about to, Bezrat Hashem, uh, finish our learning of Maseches Erevin that we should uh, return to, it finishes off with the last parak, kind of wrapping up this, uh, this tandem of of Shabbos and Erevin and these two Masechtas with some final halachas. And so these halachas of Tefillin embedded in here are just a lot of topics that, that came up throughout the two Masechtas and a lot of topics that are very relevant. So without further ado, two dots, 22 lines down, right in the middle of the page from Gamliel Omer Shnaim Shnaim. Uh, what we're going to miss on, on, on Ahmed Bey is I'll just say, uh, we were mentioning the Mishnah mentions in passing the difference between Tefillin Yeshanos and Chadashos, which is not really relevant uh, today. In those days, the new Tefillin would be confused with amulets. So since we don't really have that today, so then that, that is a less relevant discussion for us. But we have a lot of very, very relevant things all popping up here. Sugyas, one after the other, as Rabari Leibowitz says. Every line is a sugya. Um, so we'll start f- slowly. Instead of uh, hyperdrive, which is our usual dafyomi mode, we'll try to savor uh, this amod over here. Okay. So, Rabban Gamliel, Omer Shnaim Shnaim. The first discussion we're going to have is five different opinions as to why there would be a machlokas between the Tanakama, which is Stam Mishnah, so we assume that it's Rabbi Meir, and Rabbi Gamliel. After all, and that was, that was the first topic of the Gemara, whether this was a Stam Mishnah or Rabbi Meir. But after all, why would it matter... Again, what's the situation? You have tefillin that you found in the middle of the field. So why would it matter if you put on one pair of tefillin or two pairs of tefillin? Where does the exact number of two pairs of tefillin, two at a time, of Rabbi Gamliel come from? Says the Gemara. Again, my kasavr. What's Rabbi Gamliel reasoning? You could say, okay, you have to bring the tefillin in one at a time. You can understand the Tanakama because one at a time just means you're wearing the tefillin instead of carrying them, right? But... Where do you get to? Says the Gemara. So this is already a topic in itself. I was learning this with my son. He said, aren't tefillin mukta? Right? That's, the, that's our contemporary vision of these, of these, uh, of tefillin. When we see tefillin, we have to put it off to the side. So 
The first answer is they're not mukta because you could always wear it. We had already said in Masech Shabbos that the tefillin are an ornament. The tefillin are beautiful. So are they mukta the halacha today? Would this halacha uh, apply today? So first of all, you could say more than that. You could say, what do you mean? Are, it's not just an issue of mukta, it's an issue of hotzah. So the answer is that this entire halacha, the, the, the underpinnings of all of this, is that it's a r- rabbanan dispensation that allows you to take tefillin that are in jeopardy and bring them back in to, right, to the tchum, and bring them back in to the city. That's, that's understood. But the point is, not that tefillin aren't mukta, right? You shouldn't be handling tefillin on Shabbos, uh, but the point is that the mukta aspect of tefillin is overrated, is the way I would put it, right? In other words, because when you look at the Gemaras, right, in a situation where you have to handle them, you can, in fact, treat them as, as an ornament or as clothing. So, taking it again, piece by piece here. My kasaber, ikasaber Shabbos zman tefillinu. So we know, even though we don't hold like this, there was a, uh, a shita that, that on Shabbos you, you actually have to wear tefillin, right? If it's zman tefillin, then it's a chiv da That's a very big deal. So we're going to see um, that, in fact, in our very own Gemara, just within Daf Tzadik Vavam and Aleph, we're going to see four sources for the notion that Shabbos is lav zman tefillin. Right, but certainly at this stage of the Gemara, they assume that Shabbos maybe is Montfilin. So if Shabbos is Montfilin, so then, so then Zug Echad in Tfelo. If, so this is where Tosfos, in fact, brings up the topic of Baal Tosif. What's going on? So again, if you say that Shabbos is Montfilin, so now let's, we're gonna take the time to think it through. That means that Tfilin are a mitzvah. Would you be saying a bracha, um, of Hanachas Tfilin on every pair of Tfilin that you're gonna bring in? Because tefillin are a mitzvah. So presumably not, right? Maybe you were only... But that, that itself is an interesting question. Is it a brachan, so to speak, the chafzer or the gavra? Right? Each, each pair of tefillin that you bring in to save out of the tchum. It's not... You're, you're actually... If Shabbos is zman tefillin, so are you actually performing the mitzvah of anachas tefillin with each pair? Right? That's an interesting question to consider. Or is it on the gavra that you have a chiv every day to wear tefillin? So once you made the bracha... Right, you're going to only make the bracha once. What happens if you make the bracha on your own pair of tefillin, just one pair, and then you go to the bathroom and you have to, because you have to, and you have to take them off and then put them back on? Do you make the bracha again? All of these questions could be asked over here. As Garanowitz said, we're learning tefillin now. In fact, this this Gemara is the source for where we learn the placement of the tefillin and where you place them. This is really the, like one of the primary sources. So a lot here, a lot here. But the bottom line is, where does Rebbe Gamliel, we're going to have five different reasons, where does Rebbe Gamliel get his double, his double tefillin approach? So again, if Shabbos is man tefillin, so you're going to wear only one pair at a time, to wear a second pair when Shabbos is, in fact, man tefillin, so then it would be a violation of Baltosif, according to Tosfos. That's why the Gemara says, Zug Echad in, you could only wear one pair of tefillin. Tfeilo, you can't wear two. And conversely, Vikasavar Shabbos Lavs Manfilin, who, let's look at the other side now. If Shabbos is Lavs Manfilin, so you could say, wait, Shabbos is Lavs Manfilin, the Gemara at this stage, okay, never entertains the possibility that if Shabbos is not, is, that if you, you can't wear tefillin on Shabbos, that you would not be able to touch these tefillin or move these tefillin. Because again, this is a Darbanan, 
allowance to move them. Once it's a darabanan allowance to move them, then the tefillin are not going to be treated as like, uh, you know, as off limits. They're just going to be treated not as a dvar mitzvah either, because you can't make it, because Shabbos is lavzman tefillin, but rather as some sort of ornament. So, if you're going to say that Shabbos is lavzman tefillin, then therefore, umishum derech hatzala, mishum has, rather, umishum hatzala, derech malbush sharulei rabbanan. So that's what that line of, in the Gemara means. That line means that, the Rabbanon allowed, right, Chazal allowed us to wear it derech malbush in order to save the tefillin. So that's the answer to my son's question. He said, isn't it muksa? It's like, yes, it is, but the Rabbanon allowed you to carry it derech malbush. So the question then becomes, if the Rabbanon did allow you to wear it derech malbush, so what's Rabbi Gamliel thinking? If, if that's the case, then afilu tfei nami. Then, if they allowed you to wear it derech malbush, then you could wear even more than two pairs of tefillin. You could put on as many pairs of tefillin as you physically could fit on your body, and they would all be presumably considered derech malbush. Okay, so this, these are the tuts dadim within Rabbi Gamliel. So the Gemara answers the olam kasavar Shabbos lavs man tefillin who that in fact we hold Rabbi Gamliel holds that Shabbos is lavs man tefillin. Okay, so now that we're in the world where we don't have to worry about baltosif, according to Tosfos. Now the question becomes, why can you only wear two pairs? Says the Gemara, And so when the Rabbanon allowed you to wear the tefillin, because it's like a derech malbush, they only allowed you to wear it in a way, right, that normally tefillin would be worn. Or, right, or said a little more specifically, because really normally tefillin are usually, although you have very rare exceptions, but they do exist. Normally, you only wear one pair of tefillin. So you could have said, well, why are they allowing you to wear more than one? So that's why um, the Mepharshim are, are very um, particular to explain that bimkom tefillin just means only in the place where tefillin are supposed to be worn. So you could say, why does that make sense? Well, that's how the Chazal set it up, that you should wear it in a way that tefillin are worn, but not necessarily just one pair, but as many tefillin as you could fit in that place where tefillin are typically worn. So you're not going to wear, right, like socks on your head, because that's not derech malbush. But to wear two pairs of tefillin, is, they're still allowing you to consider that derech malbush because it's in the place where tefillin are, can, in fact, be worn. Okay, so now, the Gemara is going to answer, uh, address that issue. It says the Gemara, I zug echad nami in tefillin. In other words, so within the thought that even if it's not a mitzvah, it's just, right, it's not, it's not a mitzvah to wear tefillin. We're just, it's a halachic dispensation to allow you to use a derech malbush. So even then, the Gemara is saying they should only wear one pair of tefillin because that's how tefillin are worn, just one pair at a time. So to that, the Gemara answers, Amr of Shmuel bar Yitzchak, Malkom yesh barosh lahaniach bosh te tefillin. So embedded in this answer is really two, two aspects to it. The first aspect is something which is very important, halacha l'maysa. Shmuel Bar Yitzchak said that there's enough room on the head to put shtei tefillin. Why is that a halachically significant comment? Because it speaks to the size that tefillin should be, and it speaks to also the placement of tefillin. And that becomes very halachically significant. Um, all of the Talmud HaChachamim, who I heard give shir on this daf, pointed out Rav Kook. Apparently Rav Kook, right, the chief rabbi of Israel, was 
on fire over this topic, like beyond. As a matter of fact, uh, Birnbaum told me they wrote a safer about a book, a biography about him, and this was the one topic of all the topics, if you can imagine. You know, he's known for a lot of, a lot of things and his Zionism, but this was the one topic that at the end of his life he considered like maybe he got too exuberant about it because he used to reprimand people in shul. What bothered him so much? What bothered him was that everybody was wearing their tefillin on their forehead, like on their actual metzach, right? Like over here. And he said, you have this idea of a shmuel by Yitzchak. You have the whole head to use. You practically, not the entire head, but you're supposed to start at, right, what would be the hairline and then back such that we're going to learn a little bit close of where to wear tefillin today, Goranowitz. With the shell roche, people are always wearing it too far forward. And Rev. Cook felt that 90% of the population was wearing it too far forward. And he wrote a 100-page safer about it, and he would go around shuls telling people about it. But be that as it may, it all stems from here. It all stems from Rav Shmuel by Yitzchak, who said, Rav Shmuel by Rav Yitzchak, who says that the head has enough room on the space, uh, on the head, to put on two pairs of shell roche. So really, there's plenty of room, says Rav Cook. You don't have to, right, because everybody looks in the mirror, and they're trying to be very medakdek, except for Hasidim, who, who are not, or people who hold that you can't look in a mirror because it's kli uh, gever, or whatever. But everybody tries to be very, very medakdek to put the tefillin in the exact spot on their shell roche. But he said, well, can you guys just put, move it a little bit like nudge it a little bit further up your head because you're coming so close to viol- to making a bracha levatala, okay? Because uh, because you're putting it too far forward and you're putting it in the wrong place. If you just go a little bit back, then you have two tefillins worth of room, according to Rishmuel Bar Rav Yitzchak, to play with, and you're not going to get it wrong. So just be on the safe side and move it a little further back, okay? So that the Gemara says, Hani Chadarosh. Okay, so Rishmuel Bar Rav Yitzchak gave us a lot of real estate where to put two pairs of tefillin on the head. The yad my ikalamimar. What about the placing of the tefillin shel yad? Aha. So, where are we supposed to place the tefillin shel yad? So there, here, they, there's a lot of discussion on where it's supposed to go. It's supposed to go on the bicep, right? The tefillin shel yad is supposed to go on the bicep. And you bisect the bicep. So is there room for two pairs of tefillin there? How much wiggle room is there for the bicep is the question. Because there actually, uh, you may not have, most people think there's more room on, on the arm than there is on the head. But as a matter of fact, on the bicep, it's a little bit more particular because you're supposed to be somewhere around, starting from the apex of the muscle, right, the top of the muscle, and down, right? But you can't, but you have to be within, you have to be, you can't be right up against the elbow either, right? Right, right up against the bend of the elbow either. You have to, you have to be in a very specific spot, okay? So the question is, can you fit two pairs of tefillin there? So that to that, the Gemara has precedent that people do sometimes put two pairs of tefillin on their arm. How so? Kidirav Huna. Because Rav Huna made the following statement. Dama Rav Huna pa'amim she'adam ba'min hasadeh al rosho. There would be times, in those days, people sometimes carried things on their head. We've seen this, right? So what do they do? So this person that's coming from the field has been wearing tefillin. That's the point. So what does he do with his tefillin shel rosh? What are you going to do? You're going to put like a, a bundle of whatever on top of your head, on top of your tefillin shel rosh? No. That's disrespectful. So what does he do? So we see, says Rafuna, that that person, 
he's obviously already wearing tefillin, which means by definition he's already wearing tefillin shel yad and tefillin shel rosh. So if he's already wearing his tefillin shel yad and shel rosh, and he's removing his shel rosh, then he's that means he's tying a second pair of tefillin around his arm. Mashma from there that there must be room for two pairs of tefillin around your arm. But the Gemara rejects that raya. Because the Gemara says, Okay, in other words, why is he wrapping his tefillin around his arm? Because he doesn't want the bizayon of having his bundle that's on top of his head, right, be on top of his tefillin shalrosh. That's disrespectful to the tefillin. So that's why he's wrapping it around his arm. But says the Gemara, But who said that he's like actually putting it in a place on his arm that's ro'i that's, that's to put on l'shem mitzvah? It could be that he's just putting it wherever it fits, but not necessarily in a place where it would be kosher to place the tefillin. Says the Gemara, therefore, Ella Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, right? So we're going to take this statement of Rav Shmuel Bar Rav Yitzchak and expand it. But he says, Makum Yesh Barosh Shiroi that the statement of Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak did not uh, intend to only single out the head as being a place where you could fit two pairs of tefillin, but rather both the head and the arm have enough real estate on them in a normal case uh, where you could put on tefillin. There's a lot, a lot of halacha nafkaminas as to the placement of, of these tefillin. We know my, my kids are very involved in Camp Simcha, we know a young man who is missing a portion of his arm. So, you know, for him, it's literally a question of can he put on tefillin on that portion of his arm, right? If that portion of his arm is a mokum, that's royal tefillin, so that in fact he can put on tefillin on that arm. Otherwise, he can't. Okay. He can only put on his shilrosh. Okay. He actually does put on tefillin. We were at his bar mitzvah. It was a massive, massive event. But anyway, that's, that's a different hawk, a different, different ty- lifetime Okay, 12 lines up from the bottom. So now we're going to talk about the proper placement in earnest of the head, uh, of the head and the shayat and the shalrosh. Tana Devei Menashe. Now here we go. Al Yadecha Zoki Boris. What does it mean, right? That's the, that, Vayela Osa Yadecha. These are, right, where we're getting the landmarks of where you put on your tefillin. So the Kibores is the bicep. Okay, that's where you're supposed to put it. Beine Necha Zukad God. Between your eyes, this is the skull. I was thinking, you know, we're going to explain what the cut code is, but I was thinking one of the reasons that people always place it um, right in the wrong place, Bene Necha is supposed to just tell you the lateral positioning. It's supposed to be between your eyes. And even to that, there is a machlokas. Does it have to be between the inside of your eyes or between the outside of your eyes, which is actually, right, all the guys that are spending a lot of time making sure that it's perfectly centered, that certainly seems like that would be mahudr. But if you have so much leeway that you can go between the outsides of your eyes, then you're probably not going to be uh, wrong. I don't think that, I think we, we uh, follow that it's between the insides of your eyes. But be that as it may, it's a lateral positioning. You're not supposed to actually, obviously, literally put it in between your eyes. Then you not be yotze. You have to put it on top of your head. Okay. Anyway, so hecha, what's the, what's the kad go, kad code? Ask the Gemara. And Rashi changes the text to rofeif, meaning soft. In other words, where do you put the tefillin? Anywhere from the hairline to what is called the fontanelle. So Birnbaum says, fontanelle, are you using that 
that word to show off that you went to school and that you went to medical slash dental school and you're using a fancy medical word? I said, no, Birnbaum, look at Rashi. Uvalaz, Fontina. It's the fontanelle. Okay, I got it from Rashi, not from dental school. The fontanelle is a soft part. It's literally pretty much smack on top of the baby's head is in order to accommodate childbirth. It's built into the bria that it would be softer and thus allowing the childbirth to be somewhat smoother. And so that area eventually hardens, but the landmark is the very top of the head. So you have from the foreline to the very top of the head. Okay, fine. So this, these, these couple of lines end up being where all the Mepharshim are sitting and discussing what exactly are these landmarks, where exactly is the placement of the tefillin, and so Kedai uh, to, to look at all of these, all, all of these, uh, all of these alachos. It's interesting to see the Tosfos, Makom, it says, Mesupakayari, Ezashir, Yesh Baruch of Tfilin, the Yesh Osin Gedolin Mechavreim, the Yesh Osin of some Ketanim Bioter. Right? Because again, we're saying here that there's placement for two, tfil- for, for two pairs of Tfilin. So it is an interesting discussion. What is the ideal size of Tfilin, right? You want to have the most Mahuda Tfilin in the world. So there's a fact. So all of it is interrelated. If you hold that the landmark is a very large amount of real estate, so maybe two pairs of tefillin should accommodate, right? We're going to retrofit whatever halacha we say is, uh, determines like the area on your head and on your arm where you could put the tefillin. So we're going to use this gemara to say, okay, well, that area is two tefillins worth and that's going to determine the ideal size of tefillin, right? We're, that's how we're estimating all of these things. And so really <laughs> the people, depending on your shita and where you could place your tefillin, that could also determine your tefillin size. So like Aronowitz said, it's tefillin time. Discussing tefillin all morning, Baruch Hashem. Okay, now let's talk about the five suggestions as to what the Nakudas and Machlokas between Rebbe Gamliel and Tanakhama might have been as follows. Nine lines up. Maybe the Machlokas is literally how much room there is for tefillin. Right? Rebbe Shmuel Yitzchak says there's room for two. Does everybody agree to this? So maybe Rabbi Meir, maybe the Tanakama Lesley the Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, maybe he simply doesn't hold. Maybe he simply holds that you can't put more than one f- pair of tefillin on. Verabon Gamliel Isley the Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak, and Rabban Gamliel says that yes, that you can put on the tefillin. What does this mean? In other words, let's say, right? It's it's a mitzvah. Or, or, or no, rather, let's say it's an ornament. Let's say it's not, it's not, Shabbos loves my we're going to get to that. But whether it's a mitzvah or, or an ornament, right, this idea of Rav Shmuel Bar Yitzchak was that you could put on two pairs. Now, our Mishnah has two shitas. One says that you could carry it one at a time, and another shita says that you could carry them two at a time. So maybe it's simply a machlokas about whether we hold of this two-pair concept of a Shmuel Bar of Yitzchak. That one says you can carry two at a time because that's what could fit on your head. And it's a matter of the shear of the area where you could carry tefillin or the size of the tefillin that determines how many you could carry at a time. And that's simply the machlokas, very pragmatic machlokas between the Tanakhama and, and, and Rabbi Gamliel about how many pairs of tefillin fit on the head. So the Gemara says low. That can't be. Why? The Chole Alma Islu the Rav Shmuel Bar Rabbi Yitzchak. Okay, so now we're now we're seeing 
that that's halachically, right? Everyone agrees. We see that here in the source in the Gemara. That everyone agrees that you could put two pairs of tefillin on your head and on your arm. That there's at least enough real estate for that. Okay. And here, the machokos just simply be, as we mentioned before, where the Shabbos is man tefillin. The Tanakam HaTzavar Shabbos is man tefillin who. And as Tosfos had explained before, and now Rashi gets in on explaining it as well, that the Tanakama holds that Shabbos is man tefillin, which means any time that it's the Zman to, to actually do the mitzvah, you've got to be concerned to do a Baal Tosif. We're going to get into some of the details of Baal Tosif here as well. How is it Baal Tosif? You have to consider. It's Baal Tosif in what way? For example... Is there such a thing? We're going to get into it, but just to just to prime it a little bit, would you say that wearing uh, tefillin on Shabbos, if Shabbos loves man tefillin, would you say maybe that's also about Tosif, right? Because you're wearing it extra days, right? You're wearing it on a date that you're not supposed to. It'd be like sitting in the sukkah nine or ten days, right? Something like that. Would you say that? We're going to see that in the Gemara as well. But here we're saying a different thing. Here we're saying the Baal Tosif is assuming that it is a mitzvah on Shabbos to wear tefillin then can you have an extra pair? It would be like having, what? Four hadasim, right? So in Lulav Gazel, right? When you talk about Masechah Sukkah, we say that the Machlokas is, if you have to bind them all together, and therefore it's one Cheftah Shal Mitzvah, so then it would be, in fact, Baal because then the entire item, the entire Mitzvah item looks differently. But maybe this is not that. This is two separate tefillin. They're not bound together. And therefore, you're not really... At saying, you're not really saying that we're doing one mitzvah and that that mitzvah involves two pairs of tefillin. You're doing the mitzvah. And then on top of it, you're adding a pair of tefillin. So this is where Ari, Ari Leibowitz pointed out that there's two aspects of Baltosif. If you do a Baltosif where it's all bound together and you're showing uh, erroneously that this is how the mitzvah is done, you might not be yotze the mitzvah altogether, right? That's not the issue here. Here you would be yotze the original mitzvah of the tefillin for the first pair. It's just the question is, if the second pair is redundant, so then you're, you're over the mitzvah of Hotzah, right? You're over the mitzvah of Hotzah. Chazal are not allowing you to do it because they don't want you to do the Baltosif. How that fits into the Takanas Chazal of carrying the tefillin is in itself very, very interesting. But be that as it may, um, worth time to spend on this second of the five suggestions because the Gemara ends up saying that this is in fact the Machlokas. So that's why uh, it's Kedai to see all the different aspects of this where the Tanakhama holds that Shabbos is man tefillin he. And because Rav Gamliel says that this is an ornament altogether, so then you could have two ornaments, and Chazal allowed it to be carried as such. Again, assuming that we hold, as we do, like Rav Shmuel by Rav Yitzchak, that the head and the arm both can accommodate two pairs of tefillin. So that was explanation number two. Explanation number three. Everyone holds, let's say, that Shabbos is tefillin, that it's a mitzvah. Uh-oh. So then why would you be allowed to carry more than one tefillin if it's in fact is tefillin? Aren't you over Baal Tosef? So says the Gemara. No, v'hacha b'mitzvah s'chichas kavana k'miflegi. The question is, do mitzvahs require kavana? Wow. Okay, that, that's interesting. Why is mitzvah, why is that relevant? Tanakama saver lotzeis boi kavana. Okay, and Rabbi Gamaliel Savar Lotzeis Lo Bai Kavana. So this is very interesting. How is this an answer? So 
to, to give you an idea of how confusing this might be, Rashi and most Mepharshim uh, here and the art scroll, everybody latches on to this Rashi because it's much easier to understand. He actually switches the girsa. He holds that the Tanakama holds that mitzvahs lo tzricha kavana. You see the, the, the brackets, right? So let's go with the second explanation of Rashi in order to, in order to understand this a little bit better and more clearly. The second explanation of Rashi is as follows. The second, Rashi himself gives you both girsas. He likes the second teretz and he changes the girsa accordingly. So we're going to go with that as follows. Tanakama hold mitzvahs ain tzrichas kavana. If mitzvahs ain tzrichas kavana, that means that by putting on the pair of tefillin, you're going to be yotze, right? Is this person that's carrying the tefillin, is he doing, is he doing a kavana or not? So first of all, this is a sugi in itself. What does mitzvah tzrichas kavana mean? Mitzvah tzrichas kavana technically does not mean, Andrew, as you do. I mean, you go the extra step, right? You delve into the Kabbalistic depth of every mitzvah that you perform. Not everybody could do that. Really, it just means that you're doing it L'Shem Mitzvah. Now, this individual found tefillin in the yard. He's not putting them on L'Shem Mitzvah's tefillin, right? He's putting it on because he wants to save the tefillin. So he does not have the kavana for Hanukkah's tefillin. Okay, with that in mind, so now, when he puts it on, according to the Tanakama, mitzvahs ain't tzrichas kavana. So the fact that he does not have the kavana for mitzvah's tefillin doesn't mean that he's not yotze. Right? Mitzvah's ain't tzrichas kavana. Therefore, even with his lack of kavana, he is yotze. Oh. So now that he's yotze, he can't avoid Baltosif. Because he's putting them both on, albeit without kavana, but he's being yotze with his first one, and then he's adding on to it with his second parrot film. Whereas Rabbi Gamaliel, according to this suggestion the Gemara says, mitzvah's tzrichas kavana. And therefore, since he has no such kavana here, of putting on film, the shame mitzvah, so then it just becomes an ornament by virtue of his lack of kavana, and therefore he's not performing the mitzvah, therefore he has no concern of baltosif, and therefore he can, in fact, put on both pairs. Interesting. Wow. Okay, let's go with the fourth suggestion as we finally arrive at Sadiq Vav, Amad Aleph, at the interesting time of 6.06 a.m. Maybe you're going to say, that everyone holds the mitzvahs lo tzrichas kavana. Ve'hacha lavor mishum bal toisif kemivlugi. They are arguing whether there's bal toisif. So all this mentioning of bal toisif, which Tosfos already said way in the beginning of this discussion, and Rashi picked up somewhere in the middle, now the Gemara itself actually brings up this concept of bal toisif. The Tanakhama savar lavor mishum bal toisif lo bai kavana. Rebam Gamliel savar lavor mishum bal toisif Boy Kavana. This is a esoteric concept here. That one could argue that the mitzvah, and Birnbaum and I kicked around this idea. The mitzvah is defined by the action, right? In other words, let's say, according to this fourth, this fourth suggestion, both Birnbaum Leal and the Tanakama hold that really you are, in fact, going to be Yoitse the mitzvah by putting on these tefillin, despite the fact that your only objective is to bring them back in. So therefore, you don't have kavana uh, to, to be yodzeh mitzvah's tefillin. You only have kavana to carry them in, but it doesn't matter. You're yodzeh the mitzvah anyway, fine. So now you're yodzeh mitzvah. So now, can you put on the second pair of tefillin? So amazingly, amazingly, right, Roman Gamliel holds 
that in order to be over Baltosif, you need to really have a kavana of doing Baltosif. It has to be this like deliberate attempt to add to the mitzvah. If you don't have a deliberate attempt to add to the mitzvah, you're not going to be yotz to the mitzvah. So that, therefore, the threshold of being of being to the mitzvah is lower, so to speak, than the threshold of being over baltosif. According to Rebbe Gamliel, right, the mitzvah is going to be defined by what you do. It doesn't need kavana at all. So you've done, you put the tefillin on your head. Doesn't matter what you were thinking. You're yotz to the mitzvah. But baltosif is like. It's like, it is a rebellion, right? Against the tzura of the mitzvah. That's something that requires some cognitive awareness that you want to do baltosif. So that's in itself a sugya that requires tremendous iyun. But be that as it may, that would be the suggestion. That the reason why the Tanakama only allows you to have one is because just like for a mitzvah, it's all de- defined by what you do and not what your kavana is, so too by the baltosif. It's defined by are you putting on one pair or two pair, regardless of what your kavana is. Whether Mugamliel is going to say no, two different halachas. To be yaitz of the mitzvah, you don't need the kavana, and therefore it's just defined by what you do. But to be over on baltosif, you would have to do so with the intention of being over Bal, uh, on Baltosif. Comes out, amazingly, according to Rabbi Gamliel, you can in fact put on the first pair and bring them in. And even if you're going to be Yitz of the Mitzvah Tefillin inadvertently for doing that, you could still put on the second pair and not be over Baltosif because that's not your intention. Amazing. Finally, the fifth suggestion, the Ibais Ema, eat the Sviril on the Shabbos Zman Tefillin. Okay, let's say you hold that it is, in fact, we'll go back to the other way. Now we're going to say a final last guess, but we're going to say nobody agrees with this, but we're going to say, let's say you have to wear tefillin on Shabbos. The kule alma lo lavor be kavana. Okay, so you're going to say that it, that, right, that you're going to not require kavana and you're going to be chayiv to wear the tefillin. Velo lotzeis bai kavana. Right, and and also, you don't need any kavana in order to be yoitze. You don't need any kavana in order to be, right, to, to be over it. The hacha belavor shalobiz manokamiflagi. So therefore, what would be machlokas tanakamaram gamliel? Whether you, it's an idea of, of what shalobiz mano. This is what we had referred to before, which is a baptoisif, not of actual physical extra pair of tefillin, but rather a baltoisif of the extra day. Can you do the baltosif when the mitzvah is performed? What? Not on its proper time. Not on its proper time. Tanakama savar lo bai kavana. Wow. In other words, obviously, right, baltosif it, it, there's no baltosif if you're not yotze. So you have to say that you're, that you're yotze in some way, but somehow you're not doing it in its proper time. Somehow you're not doing it in its proper time. So the Gemara says, wait, this last interpretation doesn't make sense because ihachi, right? Even, if you're going to say that Tanakhama holds that even if you're not chayef to do mitzvah, you can violate baltosif even without kavana. So the Rabbi Meir, finally we're revealing who the Tanakhama is because we said earlier in the Gemara that Stam Mishnah is like a Meir, Zug Echad Namilo. So why would Rabbi Meir even let you wear one pair of tefillin? After all, right? After all, we're in the, right? We're, we're on Shabbos 
And if it's Baltosif to wear its fill on Shabbos, so you can't even bring in one pair. Right? If you don't need Kavana, it's Baltosif to wear it on Shabbos, you can't wear one pair. The Ode, Hayashen, Bishmini, Basuka, Yilke. Ah, there is our example of what we'll call the temporal Baltosif, right? The Baltosif of adding on a day. Is the person who's going to sleep an extra day on Sukkot, are you going to give him Malkus? For sitting in a sukkah an additional day, so you say, why not? It's baltosif. So the answer is that we don't say that. We don't say that. Because, first of all, we're obligated to do it in gullus, right? Because we have a suffolk yom, right? But even if we weren't, right, this is, this is a violation perhaps of baltosif, but it's not something, right, that, that, that we're going to say that is going to be not allowed to the point where you can't bring it in. Right, you count, and we're not going to give you malchus. We know this was said bitmia. We know that you don't give you malchus for sleeping in the sukkah an extra day. So similarly, even according to Rabbi Meir, we're going to allow you to wear the tefillin even if they are not a mitzvah to wear on Shabbos. It's an, again, there's so much here of different ways to understand. And once you bring in sukkah, it gets even more involved with the Suffolk yom. But the bottom line is that over here we're talking about not a baltosif of an extra pair of tefillin, but simply when you talk about a baltosif of Shabbos on top of during the regular weekday, so then already you have an issue of potentially baltosif, then why is there even Rabbi Meir allowing you to wear one pair of tefillin? And the answer is that that can't be the baltosif that we're talking about by bringing up the idea that people can, in fact, sleep an extra day in the sukkah without getting malchus, we knock out the suggestion of the problem being that of the extra day, meaning the extra day of wearing tefillin where you're not supposed to. This becomes very relevant with wearing tefillin on cholamoid. Because cholamoid, is that considered an os also? We're going to get into it. But what about the concept of wearing tefillin where you don't have to, right? If we're saying over here that it's okay to wear tefillin even though it's lavzman mitzvah, so then... Even if you held that Cholamoid was Lavzman Mitzvah, still maybe you should put it on without a bracha, which some, right, which, which some people have that halacha. Amazingly, Rabari Leibowitz said that most of the sources, if you look at the classical sources in the Tosvos, uh, if you look at the logical sources, most of them speak that you should wear tefillin on Cholamoid. Why is it like in Eretz Yisrael that it's so uncommon when so many sources, uh, like our source right here, suggest that really there would be no problem of wearing tefillin on Cholamoid, and therefore maybe you should, just out of a state of Suffolk. So the answer he gives is, listen, the Hasidim held not, and the Gra very famously held not. So if the Hasidim and the Gra and the Sephardim also, the Beis Yosef, holds not, the Shulchan Aruch says not. So even though, um, in the Mechaber, so even though the, the, the Shulchan Aruch and uh, says not, right? So you have all those sources. Even though the Ashkenazic sources that we have, the Bali Tosfos and the Mishnah Brura, they say yes, anytime the Hasidim and the Gra and the Sephardim agree, it's compelling. Okay. Certainly in Eretz Yisrael, that's, that's more common. Anyways. Wow. So now, now we're deep into the idea of whether Shabbos is or is not Zman Tefillin. So we say, Uman Shmansle Shabbos Zman Tefillin. Where do we learn who, who holds that Shabbos is a time where you should and could wear tefillin? So let's see. Now we're going to have, so we did the five suggestions. Oh, I, I, might have, I might have missed a line, a very important line. 
says, says the Gemara right before that. It ends up saying that what? That the concept is whether you wear, right? The concept of what the Machlokas is, Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Gamliel, is our first suggestion. Really, it's our first and our second suggestion. What was that suggestion? The, the, idea, the idea was, they say that it's, it's really the second suggestion, um, that whether Shabbos is or is not Zman Tefillin, it's really the second suggestion, but the first suggestion we assumed was L'chul right? Everybody holds, like Rav, right? Everybody holds that, you could, that there's enough place for two pairs of Tefillin on the head and on the arm. That was the first suggestion. So everybody agrees to that. The, what, the dispute then is the second suggestion, and that's where the machlokas is. Where the Shabbos is, or Shabbos is not Zaman Tefillin, that is the question. And so now you know Pashup Shat in the Mishnah of why, of why we hold, whether you should wear one pair or two pair. Now, since that's the suggestion, we're going to say, what is the machlokas regarding whether the Shabbos is or isn't Zaman Tefillin? Uman Shabbos Lei, Shabbos Zaman Tefillin. Who holds that Shabbos is Zaman Tefillin? Rabbi Akiva. The Tanya, Veshamarta Etzachuka Azos Adami Amim Lamima. You should observe this halacha of tefillin, right, on its appointed time, miyamim, yamima, yamim, velo lelos, okay, that you should wear it, it during tefillin during the day, right, and miyamim, velo kol yamim, prat le shabbosos v'yamim tovim, divi rabbi yosi haglili. So we see that rabbi yosi haglili holds that v'shamarta mima teaches you what? That you wear tefillin all the time except for at night, and specific days like Yantav and Shabbos. That is Rabbi Yosef Glili. However, Rabbi Kiva Omer, Lo Nemar Chuka Zu El Inin Pesach Bilvad. Wow. That this whole idea of this chok, right? Because the word is actually Vishamarta Sachuka Zos. So that is, in fact, an ambiguous term. We see, like in Parshas Chukas, what's Zos Chukas Atar? Which chok are you referring to? So that one we say is the Paraduma. But here, this chok. So Rabbi Yosef Glili held that that had to do with tefillin. That's talking about kadeshli and wearing tefillin. However, that's not what Rabbi Kiva thinks. Rabbi Kiva thinks that it's talking about not the mitzvah of tefillin, right? But the Korban Pesach. Oh, the Korban Pesach. So if that's what it's talking about, okay? So if, if that's what it's talking about, so then it's not referring to tefillin. So this whole idea that it limits tefillin to daytime and during the week is actually not relevant to tefillin, and therefore Rabbi Kiva expands the wearing of tefillin. What? Does he expand it also to nighttime? Just like he expands it to Shabbos? So let's see. Says the Gemara, We learned already in the Mishnah, We already learned that, Pes- that the Korban Pesach and the Mila are in fact mitzvah saseh. These are the only two mitzvah saseh that incur a penalty of karis. So leima delok Rabbi Kiva, right? Maybe that's that is already showing that we don't like Rabbi Kiva. The e Rabbi Kiva, Kiva de Mokila Pesach, Lav Nami Ika. Oh, so before we said, this is a, an interesting uh, way of learning the Limud. Before we said that Rabbi Kiva's Shita was based on the fact that he held that the Pasuk of Vishamata Chagazot that he holds that that is a, a mitzvah asay, and that it's a mitzvah asay that applies not to Tefillin, but to the Korban Pesach. But now we're saying, that we have a separate source that refers to the mitzvah's uh, Pesach as a mitzvah's Asay, but the problem is the Pasuk that Rabbi Kiva brought that Rabbi Yossi Aglili thought had to do with tefillin, Rabbi Kiva thought that it had to do with Karm Pesach. But there's one problem with that Pasuk. 
because that pasuk has the word lo in it. And the word lo suggests that it's a lo sase. And here, we're bringing a Mishnah in Croesus that says that Pesach and Brismila are the only two assays that get a Chi of Kares. So therefore, how could Rabbi Kiva have said that that previous Pasuk is referring to Korban Pesach when it has the word low in it? Reading it in the Gemara. Rabbi Kiva came in the Mokil of Pesach, Lav Nami Ika. Right? The, because in that, in that Pasuk, the words, right, make it suggest that if, that it's a Isser. Right, an iser lav, and if Rabbi Kiva holds that those words are referring to Korban Pesach, then we would not be able to refer to the Korban Pesach as a chiyuv asay, but rather also an iser lav, and therefore it couldn't be right listed as one of the exceptions of the assays that has kares, because it's in fact a los assay as well. Right, pen and al eno ella belos assay. Right, the key words. That you, that you search for Isurim, are Ishamer, Pen, Al, so obviously, and Lo, all of these are gonna be Los Assays. So all of these words are keywords that trigger Los Assays. If that Pasuk is in fact talking to Karm Pesach, it's a Los Assays. So the Gemara simply answers, the Philo Tamer Rebbe Kiva, Ishamer, the Lav, Lav, Ishamer, the Assay, Lav, Ishamer, the Assay, Assay, that when it says Ishamer in the context of Lav, so that would be a Lav. But, he kind of turns, he very much minimizes Rabbi Avi and Amar Rabbi Lai. That this idea, Yishamer Pen Lav, doesn't immediately Im- imply that it's a Lav. It's simply in the context of an Asay, even the words Yishamer Pen and Al can be referring to an Asay. That's how he gets out of that suggestion. So the Gemara thinks, okay, so Rabbi Kiva is the one that's going to hold that you're Chayv to wear Tfilin on Shabbos. Says the Gemara. Can he really say that he holds a Shabbos as Man Tfilin? The Hatanya, Rabbi Kiva Omer, Yechol. Yaniach Adam Tfilin Bishabas Vyam Tovim, right? Talmud Lomar Bayalachal Osa Yadcha. So this is what we're familiar with, right? That's the Pasuk. The Pasuk that we say by Tfilin every day. That's an Os. And this is Rabbi Kiva himself saying, Mi Shitzrichin Os, Yotsu Elu Shahain Gufan Os, right? On those days that you need an Os, namely the weekdays. But not on those days that they themselves are an Os, right? Because we say with regards to Shabbos also. That Shabbos is an Os, and therefore, on Shabbos, do we, do we need an extra os of tefillin? We do not. And it is in fact Rabbi Kiva himself who holds the Shabbos is Lav's Montfilini from this concept of os. So that's where we get into, right, the, all, all the ideas of does Cholamoid, yes or not, have a, uh, right, um, an os. So now, what then would be the Tanakama source that Shabbos is Lav's Montfilini? El Hai Tana, Hudetanya, Hanera, Belayla, Ratzachol, Etzotzamaniach, Divrei Rabbi Nasan. Someone was awake at night for whatever reason. In those days it was less common. And he, if he wants to, right, he could take off his tefillin, he could put his tefillin on, he could leave them on. That's what Yonasan, Rabbi Nasan says. And Yonasan Hakitani Omer, Yonatan Hakatan was the song we used to sing in elementary school in Israel. Ain, but this is Yonasan Hakitani. Ain manichin tefillin balayla. You don't wear tefillin at night. So since according to the Tanakama there, sounds like you could wear tefillin at night, Shabbos Nami's Montfilin. The Gemara is making a, an equation here. It says that Rav Nasan, if he held that you could actually wear it at night, they assume that you would also apply it to Tefillin. The Gemara, however, says maybe not. Dilma Sphere Laila's Montfilin who, Shabbos Lav's Montfilin who. The two are not necessarily connected. Just, be, just because that Tanakama holds that you could wear Tefillin at night, 
doesn't mean that he holds it during the day. Because Rabbi Kiva himself, as we quoted, he brought the idea of the os, right? However, having brought the idea of the os, right, he, he did not, um, so he excluded Shabbos, but he did not exclude Lila necessarily. So even, even with the, within the idea of Rabbi Akiva, the Gemara could not, in the end, identify who holds that Shabbos is a proper time to, f- to fulfill the mitzvah of tefillin. And that's why we universally hold that we're not chayef to wear tefillin on Shabbos. And since we're not chayef to wear tefillin on Shabbos, our Gemara concludes that, in fact, was the machlokas of Shimon Gamliel and the Tanakama, and there, uh, Rabbi Gabriel rather, and the Tanakama, and therefore, if we hold Shabbos loves man tefillin, he so then the allowance of Chazal to wear the two pairs of tefillin is simply as an adornment, but not as a mitzvah. And since it's an adornment, we don't have the uh, concern of Baltosif. So we'll stop here at the very bottom. It's Vav Ahmed Aleph. Have a good Shabbos. <laughs>